praise him this morning. Begin to pray out in your heavenly language. Jesus, let the voices arise all over this place. Your goodness and mercy have followed me all my days, Lord. Your goodness and mercy have followed me all my days. this morning that his goodness and his mercy they have not failed us they have followed us again and again time and time again they followed us into the depths into the darkness into the darkest place of our soul his goodness and his mercy have followed us Jesus, we rest in you. We rest in you. Lord, let our praise be heard. Let our praise be heard. Let our praise be heard. Jesus. Oh, let us not be Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus, we could just get stuck there. <laughs> we could just get stuck there, right in his name, right in the safety of his name. <laughs> oh, yeah. can run into it and they will be safe this morning you can run in to the name of Jesus you can run in to the presence of Jesus and find safety you can find safety and peace right in the middle of his presence Lord I just ask that you would continue to wrap us in your presence this morning. Wrap us in your presence. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. May we never lose sight of the power of the name of Jesus. <laughs> May we, may we never lose sight of the safety that we can find in your presence, Lord. His name is so wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Y'all can be seated. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to be with you this morning. Um, it's been, you know, it's funny. I go on maternity leave and I'm already, every time I'm like, when can I get back? I miss it. <laughs> um, but I'm so excited and I'm so honored. Pastor Zach and Heather asked me a while back um, if I would be up for preaching on this morning. And I said, of course. <laughs> so I'm really, truly honored that they would entrust me. Um, they are, like Pastor Brandon said, they are in New Orleans. And man, I don't know if y'all have paid attention or tuned in. Y'all can catch the replay of this morning's later this afternoon on uh, the Victory Facebook page or whatever. But man, the, the power of God has been coming. And you know, it's awesome to see that God, God can move everywhere, all at the same time. You know, he, it doesn't take Pastor Zach and Heather being here. doesn't take them being over there or anything like that. It's just God, and he's going to move. But it's really, it's, it's really amazing to watch. There's some testimonies, so check all that out. God's been doing a healing and a work in that church, and we are just praying and believing that God would continue to move as they minister today um, and continue to pour out his blessings on that church, you know, many of you know, that's kind of like our our uh, mama church. <laughs> like that's that's where Pastor Zach and Heather come from. So of course they are always in our prayers. But um, God's up to something, so we're excited for him. And then a real quick announcement. Um, I know we had like 500 before, and Pastor Brandon did a great job. But uh, a couple weeks ago, we lined the stage with all those boxes and the envelopes. Um, which are the staff, um, just the pastor appreciation, the way we do pastor appreciation. Um, we gift to the pastors and their families and just bless them. And so if you have one of those boxes or those envelopes, they do need to come back by next Sunday. So next Sunday is when they need to be returned. If you find that you can't um, get the shopping done, you took one and you're like, man, something came up and I just can't fill it or anything like that, bring it back, let us know, um, and we will get it taken care of. Or if you're just like, I don't like to shop at all, like I don't like to go into the stores, so don't make me. Um, but if you're one of those people and you just want to give towards it, feel free to give. Um, and you can like market Christmas boxes or something or make sure that we know that that's what it's for. But um, you can always 
give just a cash donation and Pastor Heather, who loves to shop, would be happy to shop for you. So we got that covered. But Mama wanted us to make sure that we remembered that next week is when they're due back. And it is important. We do like to get those back and make sure that we have everything in order so that we can um, have all our ducks in a row when they're presented to the families. But with that, I think that's the end of all of our announcements. Um, I always feel like it feels a little bit like a circus when there are 500 announcements. So, um, you know, like the song and dance. Maybe that's just me. But I want to go, if you all will go with me to Isaiah 12, I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. Um, that's been my Bible of choice this past year for my devotions. Um, and so, you know, if you all hear me reading or quoting out of it a lot, that's why. Um, but I love this text. And, you know, God gave me um, a portion of this text a while back. Um, there, there was, there's a specific verse in here that God gave me that I really felt like was my verse for my pregnancy with Sam. Um, the, my recent baby, he's sitting over here on the first, first row. He's really cute and distracting, so try to pay attention. Um, <laughs> but, you know, God gave me this verse, uh, Isaiah 12, 3, and it says, With triumphant, triumphant joy you will drink deeply from the wells of salvation. Um, and there's, there's different translations and all that, and we'll get into that. But as I was preparing this morning, God just took me back to that whole chapter. And I want to look at this whole chapter. I love it so much. You know, so this chapter is, a, is it's called the Song of Thanksgiving of the Redeemed. You know, and it, it's, it's this song of thankfulness for what God has done for us. And so I'm just going to dive right in. There's so much good in this passage. Um, we might not make it all the way through, but we're going to try. It starts with, in that day, you will sing. So this is, this is the song that you will sing. I praise you, Lord Yahweh, for even though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, and now you tenderly comfort me. I love that. You tenderly comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I am confident, unafraid, and I will trust in you. Yes, the Lord Yah is my might and my melody. He has become my salvation. And I, I want to stick in those two verses for a minute, but but these two verses just speak to the, the fact that we have been pardoned. You know, in Psalm 51, it, it says we are born into iniquity, into sin we were born. We, we as humans, that you know, Romans, one of my favorite verses, it says there's no good in me. Nothing good is within me. There's, there's nothing good but God. But God. And so, so this, this verse, there, there, there was an anger with the sin that was inside of us, but it turned away. And now we live in the tender comfort and the mercies of Jesus. We live as pardoned people. Even though we did it, we were guilty of our sin, yet God chose to turn away. He chose to turn away and comfort us. You know, I want to read out of uh, Romans 5 for a second, again, in the Passion Translation. So, media, I apologize, you don't have this. But starting in verse 1, it says, Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us, declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now... Enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. He, his, his righteousness, Jesus, the sinless one, his righteousness has been put in place of our own. Where our filthy rags once were, we are robed with the righteousness of Christ. 
Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. Wow. But that's not all. Even in the times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop into patient endurance. And our patient endurance will refine our character. And our proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that lives in us. We can experience the endless love of God. Wow. You know, there's this word cascading, and it sticks out to me because I just, I just have to step back, and I think about, you know, there's a river in heaven. That river is flowing with love. And that love is pouring out from the heavens. And it's cascading down over you and I this morning. We can't escape it. It's like being under the waterfall. You know, we sing that song, I'm under the showers. You know, and it talks about being under the waterfalls of God's love. Under the waterfalls. It's not just a a pretty picture. It's a reality that we can live in. His salvation has allowed us to live under the constant pouring out of God's love. It's like we just take a moment and we step into the waterfall. Have you ever been to a waterfall? Have you ever been to a really big one? And just just watched as it keeps pouring. Have you ever stood underneath one? You know, I got the opportunity. It was really cool. I was in um, Israel as a young, uh, younger Christian. And, you know, I got the amazing opportunity to tour. And we were in um in Getty, which is um, an oasis in the middle of the desert. It's this green little place in the middle of the desert, and it's, it's like where David would have hidden from Saul. And, and there's, there's this, this whole area, but there was this waterfall. And we got, you know, with this pond at the bottom, and, and we got to, to just play in the water, which is, you know, just super fun anyway. But, but thinking about the reality Thinking about the reality of this waterfall as I was in that place, and I can still remember um, sitting there and just sitting under the water flowing and thinking about this reality of God's love flowing. Never stopping, never ceasing. The river of God does not run dry. It never runs dry. It never stops, never ceases. It's always pouring out its love for you and me. It goes on to say, For when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. Now would any of you dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone someone was willing to die for a truly noble person, but Christ proved God's compassionate love for us, his passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. (laughs) And there is still more, much more to say of his unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration You are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. So if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something that greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God, And because we share in his resurrection life, how much more 
will we be rescued from sin's dominion. And even more than that, we overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship of living reconciled to God, all because of Jesus Christ. It's all because of him. We have been pardoned where once there was wrath that needed to be poured out. It has been replaced with tender comfort and mercies. Tender comfort and mercies. I don't know about you, but, but I, I have a hard time sometimes with realizing, oh, I did this wrong, and oh, I did this wrong, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm better now than I once was, but there was a time in my life where I would count all my wrongs up, and I'd stack them up, and I'd, it would look like it was so big of a mountain, and I'd, I would say, surely God sees all this. Surely he doesn't look past all this. Surely he's, he's seeing all this filth inside of me. But you know, that always led to this stress and anxiety inside of me. There was always this turmoil. There was never the peace that the Bible talks about. It was always the, well, I've got to stop doing this, and then maybe Jesus will be okay with me, Right? You know, especially as a, as a high schooler, I can remember living that life. And, you know, maybe once I stop doing X, Y, and Z, then I'll be good enough, right? But it's so opposite of what the Bible speaks of. We deserved wrath. We absolutely deserved wrath. But God came and he pardoned us from our sin. He pardoned us. So that's where this, this whole text comes and starts in. And then it says, God is my salvation. I am confident, unafraid, and will trust in you. He is my might and my melody, and he has become my salvation. You know, when that, that salvation comes and you get beyond the, oh, I've stacked up all my wrongs and surely Jesus can't love me, and you realize that there's nothing, there's nothing that he won't forgive if you'll just ask him. There's nothing that he won't forgive if you'll just ask him. When you can get beyond that into the salvation of Jesus Christ, living underneath that waterfall in the flow of his love, when you can get beyond that, then you live in the confidence. You're unafraid because you know who you are. You know that you are a child of God, and there's nothing that can take that from you. There is nothing that can change the fact that, that Christ has chosen you, that he predestined you. He knew before the beginning of time that you were his, and he chose you and picked you up. There's nothing that can change that. And you stand with confidence in that. Man, if you don't have confidence in your salvation this morning... At the end, I want you to run up to this altar call, and I want you to just begin to, to stand underneath that waterfall and allow God to love on you because there is nothing, nothing that can take away his love for you. There is nothing that can change the fact that he died and chose you. And that is a confident life. We can live confident of that confident and trusting in him. You know, we, we live in a world of, of, with humans who get a little flighty sometimes, right? You didn't know we lived with humans? You thought we lived with aliens? Okay, we'll pray for you. Um, <laughs> we live with humans who are flawed, who fail us, we live in families with people who will fail us. We have people that we love who will hurt us, right? Come on, it's Thanksgiving. I know y'all were just with your family. Some of y'all got them crazy uncles. I got a few. It's okay. We have people in this world that will fail us and who will cause us to question if we can trust them. 
And you know, sometimes we begin to look at Jesus through those eyes and through that lens of, but can I really trust you? I've been let down so much in this world. Can I really trust you? But he, he is the eternal one, unfailing, faithful, the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is no shadow. Pastor Brandon talked about this last week and went on for a while. There is no shadow of turning in him. He is the eternal one, and he is the one in whom we can place our trust. He is our might and our melody. Man, I love that. And I really am not going to make it through all my notes, but come on, Lord. He is our might and our melody. He is the one who gives us the strength. He is the one that gives us the strength. As we walk in that confidence of who he is, not in who we are, not in who our mama is or our daddy is or anyone around us, not in, not in how our circumstance or our life looks in the natural, but in who he is because he's above it all. When we walk in that confidence and that assurance, knowing that our salvation is steady, our salvation is there, then we walk in his might, in his strength, and there, there can't be nothing that can knock us down, even our crazy uncles, right? Even those, even those people who come and they try to say, really? Really? You believe all that crazy stuff? You'd be like, darn right I do. How, how about you? What you believe in? <laughs> Where's your faith today? He becomes our might. He becomes our might, and he becomes our melody. Now, I'm a musician, so anytime it talks about singing, I get excited. So bear with me. But he becomes our melody. And I would ask you today, you know, we all have a song. And again, I'm a musician, so just bear with me. It all ties, like, I, I just get it. It makes sense to me. So maybe it doesn't make sense to you, and you can ask me later. But it's okay. All of us have a song that's coming forth out of our life, right? And what we say, and how we act, in our choices, in our generosity, our bank accounts, right? Pastor Brandon was talking about it. Come on, y'all. But all of us, our life brings forth a song. Is your melody a good one? What does your melody sound like? Do you got someone that needs to like tune their instrument a little bit in your melody? I mean, I, again, I'm a musician, but like when you hear someone that's like really out of tune, you be like, it's going to make me twitch. It, it brings off the whole orchestra, right? Rich will know this. If someone's out of tune, if someone's not playing the right tempo, the right rhythm, it's going to bring everything to a crash, right? A crashing halt. And it's not very pretty. Is your melody Jesus? Is he what's coming out of you? Is he what's coming out of you? Are you so confident? Are you living in your salvation? And not just your Sunday salvation, not just my, my, my salvation that I put on and I look really good for church, right? Not just my, not just my okay, I'm going to be a really good Christian and I'm going to come to a care group as well, as well as Sunday, and I'm going to serve. And I'm going to put on my good Christian suit for those days. But man, Monday's coming and I look like the devil. Y'all, now listen. I've been spending a lot of hours up at weird times, so I've been filling my time with just like, and you know, you're half asleep. For those of you who have ever had a newborn in your life, you know, you can't, you know, you're not quite thinking straight. And so I started looking through, you know, we always say Facebook is the devil. He's the judgment of, of man, but they put on those little silly reels or whatever, the little videos. And so I was like, you know, I'm looking at them one night and I'm like, what are these things all about? And so I start looking at him, and I'm like, I'm like, y'all, 
I even get like half of them are like the Christian ones that are saying like Jesus and all that kind of stuff. And their hashtags all say like Jesus is the rock and he's really cool and he's my homeboy and all that. But like then you listen to what they're talking about and you're like, are, are, are you okay? Are, are you really sure? Like I get it. Life happens. Life happens. I get it. But like this, the yuck and the, the, the depression and the the just judgment that comes out of some of their mouths you're like wow okay I'll pray for you a lot (laughs) you know and and that leads me to the next part of this you know he he has pardoned us so that we don't have to live in that sin and depravity we have we have a joy that we can live in you know, and that's where it talks about, um, sorry, in verse 3, with triumphant joy you will drink deeply from the wells of salvation. In that glorious day you will say to one another, give thanks to the Lord and ask him for more. Tell the world about all he does. Let them know how mag- magnificent he is. And this is, you know, this is, like I said, this was my my um, verse for when I was pregnant with Sammy and um, you know, it was, it was a lot to take in, you know, when you're, when you're surprised with baby number five, it's a lot to process and you begin to think like, oh Lord, am I going to be able to handle all this? Like really you, you entrusted me with this little one on top of all those other ones, like, okay, Jesus, hallelujah. So this was a, this was a revelation from the Lord with joy, you will drink from the wells of salvation. Other translations say it this way, with joy, you will draw from the wells of salvation. And when I read it, you will draw from the wells. It gave me this picture. Have y'all ever seen like, um, I'm thinking like Little House on the Prairie, the, the wells where you have to go, right? And you have to prime the pump right? You got to get it, get the water flowing. I know I'm really like theatrical. It might be the lack of sleep. I don't know. It's okay. Y'all can laugh at me. But think about a well. Think about that priming of the pump. There's a source of water that you're trying to get to, right? There's a source of water that's deep, And you're like, wow, I need some of that water. I'm really thirsty. Didn't Jesus say to all who are thirsty, come and drink? But let's think about how a a pump is made. There's that pipe that goes down. I'm thinking of that, not like the bucket you throw down, but, you know, the pipe and the the one. Um, There's a pipe. And in that pipe, until you start going like this, there's nothing, right? There's a void. It's dry. But as soon as you begin to do this, as soon as you begin to prime that pump, what comes up? That water. That water from that source deep down that you needed is coming forth. And as long as you keep it going, that water is going to flow forth, right? But what did you have to do to get it there? You had to activate it. You had to work. Now, I'm not talking about we got to work for God's love and all that kind of stuff. No, there's something that you have to do to activate, to bring forth that water from the depths, right? Without that, you can stand there and look at that well and wish and hope that something's going to come up and really like... Cross your fingers, do your happy dance, your rain dance, all that stuff, but nothing's going to come until you start to work that well. Now, what does that look like in our life? What does that look like in our life? I, th- I think that looks like worship. I think that looks like as we walk through our day, we walk out worshiping him. The Bible talks about how we should be worshiping and praising him all of our days. 
that we should be praying without ceasing. And it's not just a nice thing to think about, oh, maybe I could do that if I was perfect. No, there's a reason. There's a reason. You know, I, I think about even, even in my own life in the past week, you know, I do. I have five kids, and it's a lot. Two of them, there's a one-year-old and a one-month-old. So y'all figure that out. It's a lot of work and not a lot of sleep. And there's days where I think I might not make it. I might not be able to make it without looking like the devil, right? Hey, y'all, I mean, come on, it's real. It's real life. And so there are times when I feel that rising up in me. There's times where I feel that anxiety and that I'm just going to yell at everyone and I can't handle it. What do I do in that moment? What do you do when everything loses control? You know, this week I was around family. I was around um, in a place I didn't know. I, I had all my kids and there was a lot going on. And so I found myself praying in tongues a whole lot. Every time that, that feeling of, I, I can't handle it anymore, Lord. I can't do it anymore. All I would do is, and there are days that my kids hear tongues more than they hear English words, and that is okay because that is how I walk and look like Jesus. I walk in that, in that salvation, not looking like that, that ugly person because in myself, I don't have anything good. I don't have anything good to give. What I have is I have the ability to stop and draw from that well and give my kids Jesus. I have my ability to stop and say, you know what? It looks a little bit crazy. It looks a little bit like a circus sideshow right now. Really. But I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm not going to allow myself to go there. And I'm going to turn on the worship. I'm going to turn on, I'm going to, I'm going to pray in tongues. I'm going to pull out my Bible. I'm going to call my friend who I can say, help, and they're going to turn me back to Jesus. Because life happens, and I know, I, I'm doing, I'm talking about the mom thing, it's my life, but life happens. Bank accounts go in the red. Deals fall apart. Things that you have worked out and all that, you know, all, nothing is certain but Jesus. There's no certainty but him. And so as we begin to draw on that well, draw on who he is, then we're able to walk forth with joy. You know, there are times where I find myself just laughing and thinking about how amazing Jesus is in the middle of what looks like a crazy, chaotic moment. And I'm sure people from the outside think I look a little strange. But you know what? I'm getting my joy on because I can't, I can't, I can't do anything but look to him and, and his joy and live in his joy because I don't want to. I don't want to live in that other stuff anymore. I don't want to look that way. I, I've been delivered. That's right. So I love it. Matthew Henry talks about this, uh, this verse, and it says, It is our duty by faith to draw water out of these wells. It's our duty. That's our job. Our job on this earth is to praise him and to draw forth from the joy of the Lord, to live in his, his, his goodness. It says, to take for ourselves the benefit and comfort that are treasured up for us in them, as those that acknowledge all our fresh springs to be there and all our fresh streams to be thence. Psalms 87, 7 says, every fountain of delight springs up from your life within me. Every fountain of delight. If you find yourself in a place where you don't have much delight, you know what? It might take a moment. You might have to work it for a minute. But as you begin to work that, as you begin to worship and draw forth, draw forth from the wells, his delight comes forth. Now it goes on to say, water is to be drawn out of the wells of salvation with a great deal of pleasure and satisfaction. 
It is the will of God that we should rejoice before him and rejoice in him. Be joyful in his house of prayer and keep his feasts with gladness. It is God's will that we rejoice. It is God's perfect plan that we rejoice. We rejoice in him and before him. We're joyful in his house of prayer, right? We're joyful in the house of the Lord, come on. And we keep his feasts with gladness. He set before us a way that we should live. And that way is full of joy. And what I love about this is as we begin to live out this life, as we begin to draw from those wells, the wells that never cease, the wells that never stop or run dry, from that, straight from that river, guys, we begin to lead a life of overflow. I love the part of this verse that says, you will give thanks and ask him for more. Right? Because as you begin to fall in love with him and draw from that well and, and worship him, it leads you to that place of joy and you realize, I want more. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with the little bit that I have. I want more and more and more of him. We sing a song. It says, the more I seek you, the more I find you, the more I find you, the more I love you. I want to sit at your feet, lay back against you and breathe, feel your heart beat. Your love is so deep, it's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. The more we experience him, the more we get to know him and his character. Not what the world would say, not what the preacher says, not any of that, but the more we come and open this word, turn on the worship, and get before him, the more we want of him. And that we're not satisfied. You know, it makes me think of my own life. You know, I've been, I had to, you know, being pregnant for so long and, and all that. It was, I had gestational diabetes t two times in a row, and I had to limit the amount of sugar that I had. And what's funny is, as I limited that amount of sugar, I stopped craving it. And so now on the other side of things, I'm like, oh, I can't even imagine eating that. I tried to eat this little donut hole, and it was like so ungodly sweet, I couldn't stand it. That's the way our lives are. As we begin to, to fill up on him and the goodness and the good stuff, that other stuff is less satisfying. It's less fulfilling. We don't want it. We can't even, we, we build up to where we don't, we can't even tolerate it anymore. And it's not a part of who we are anymore because we've filled up from the goodness of God. Isaiah 12, 5 through 6. says, sing praises to the Lord, for he has done marvelous wonders, and let his fame be known throughout all the earth. Give a shout of cheer, sing for joy, O people of Zion, for great and mighty is the Holy One of Israel, who lives among you. That is a life of overflow that you've drawn from the wells and as you, as you begin to overflow, what comes out of you are his praises. What comes out of you is the love and the goodness of God. And what I love, I'm gonna, uh, you know, Pastor Brandon, he had such a good message. You, you, did, you knocked it out of the park last week. 
um, really, truly. But, but there was one thing that you talked about that, that stuck with me, the enthroned upon our praises. And he talked about the word enthroned, and it means to dwell in or to sit down in. And I just couldn't get away from that because the Lord had already given me this message and how, you know, we're to live this life of overflow and worship. And, 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 and it, you know, worship doesn't just mean singing, you know. I go around singing all the time because that's just who I am. I forget that I'm even doing it. But it means, it means so much more to that. And I could go into it, but that's a whole nother one. That's a whole nother sermon. But as you live this life of worship, of prayer, of devotion, of, of discipline, of singing forth his goodness, God begins to become enthroned in your praises. He begins to dwell in the midst of your praises. He comes and he sits down in the midst of your praises. Come on now. I don't know about you, but there's some things in, in my life that I need to get my worship on so that God can come and sit down in the midst of them. There are some things that I'm walking through, some prayers that I'm believing for, that I need God to come and make himself at home in the midst of my circumstance. And as I begin to praise him in the midst of whatever I'm walking through, as I begin to press into who he is, as I begin that, he comes and he sits down. You know, we, you, we think about the woman with the issue of blood. She knew she had to get to Jesus. She knew she had to press through the crowd. She had to keep pushing in. And this was a crowd, man. It would have taken some doing to shove yourself through to get to Jesus. But she didn't give up. She kept pressing in despite her circumstance, despite what she had been told, despite the fact that there was no cure. She had been looking for a cure for, for years upon years upon years. Everything looked hopeless, but she kept pressing in. She kept looking forward, looking towards Jesus, trying to find him. She kept putting herself further and further into that place where she could be in his presence. And what happened? Jesus said, you're healed. Because she pressed in, because she kept going when it didn't look like she could even get there, God came and he sat down in the middle of her circumstance and he said, you know what, look what I'm going to do. And she did that because she knew. She was so desperate. She knew. She knew that he was a healer. She knew that, that he could heal her life. That she could, he could heal her body. She saw with the eyes of faith what wasn't yet a thing but what could be, what God could do in the middle of her circumstance. I know, I know that I'm not the only one that has circumstances, that have things that are going on in your life. Maybe it's an unsaved loved one. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a situation where you have so much anxiety, you haven't had peace about it for years. Maybe it's depression. Maybe, maybe, maybe you just don't even know. You've just felt so numb, like you're on autopilot for so long that you don't even know what's, what's right or wrong. You're just walking through life, and you're like, well... I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. But there's no joy in it. It's time. It's time to begin to prime that pump and draw from those wells. 
It's time to begin to worship him that he might come and sit down and make his house in the middle of your circumstance because there is nothing that is too hopeless for him. There's nothing that is too hopeless for him. Worship team, y'all come back. Um, there is nothing that he can't touch. There's no need he can't meet. And you know what? When he meets that need, it might not look like what you thought it was going to look like. But I guarantee you, he's not going to leave you. He's not going to leave you standing there in the wind. He is faithful to answer. When you call on his name, he is faithful to answer. He can't go against what he said in his word. I don't, I don't know about you, but that's what my Bible says. My Bible says that when I call on his name, he will answer he will answer so this morning I just want to take a moment and I want to open the altars for anyone anyone who might have a circumstance or, or a need in their life or just want more of Jesus maybe you just want more of Jesus you, you, you've been drawn from those wells but you're like Lord I'm ready for even more I'm ready for be turned up to a hundred I'm ready for more, Lord, but, but I know that there are those in this, in this room that God has already been speaking to me about, that I've already been praying for, that, that, that need him to come and make his home in the middle of your circumstance, that you might walk in peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, that you might be confident in that salvation. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you find yourself forgetting who you are and whose you are. Maybe you're forgetting the fact that he called you by name. He called you by name and he loves you and he knows you. He knows every part of you. He is not ashamed of you. He has called you lovely. He has called you righteous. not ashamed. So if that's one of you, if that's, you know, if any of that is, is you this morning, come forward, come forward. And I just want to pray over you this morning. You know, I, I'm believing that the Lord's going to touch you this morning, Lord, that, that as you come up, as you surrender and worship, that he's going to come and he's going to bring those answers that he's going to meet the needs that you have in your life.